All right. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Romans chapter 5. And uh, it's been a few Sunday nights since I've preached. And uh, we have kind of set aside, uh, we, or we've had some, uh, we had our college kids uh, preach. And then uh, Ian was just here off the cuff because he had come up and he was helping with camp. And uh, it was just timely, so we had him preach as well. And, uh, and then David preached last week. And so I appreciate uh, our college kids being able to preach. And, uh, and then they're getting all, all getting ready to head back to college, and, uh, and they'll be gone. But uh, we continue to pray for them as they, as they do head back and pray for those that are starting school. I know a lot of them started school this week, and uh, some are starting a little bit later or whatnot. But can keep those kids in prayer um, and pray that the school year can be uh, normal this year for them. I, last year was... As you know, it was just crazy. It was abnormal for everyone, uh, but it was especially abnormal for a lot of the students. I mean, that's a, that's a tough thing uh, to go through. So uh, keep them in prayer, and I know that they will certainly appreciate that. We should be in Romans chapter 5. We finished up Romans chapter 4. In Romans chapter 4, uh, we, we saw the, the, the reasons, really, for justification, and Paul was... Uh, nailed it down many, many times that it was by faith. And tonight we're going to look at Romans chapter 5 and we're going to look at some of the consequences of justification. And of course these are uh, blessings. They're, they're good consequences. Sometimes you know, we look at consequences and we think that's bad, but some consequences are good. Uh, for example, if you go to work all week long uh, at the end of the week, then usually they give you a paycheck. And that's a good consequence of being at work, and so uh, that's a positive thing. So not all consequences are bad, but as we look here in Romans chapter number 5, verse number 1, the, the Bible says, therefore, being justified by faith. I, I almost have to laugh at that because of how much Paul has mentioned that justification is by faith. I mean, he has nailed it down in chapter, uh, chapter 3 and chapter 4. He has focused so greatly on the fact that it is by faith. So he says, therefore, and you have to look what that therefore is there for. That's what I heard a preacher say. Uh, you got to go back into chapter 4 and say, hey, what's that therefore for? Uh, because it is context, it's fluid. And uh, remember, when Paul wrote the book of Romans, he did not write chapter 1 and write down chapter 1 and then write chapter 2. No, he just wrote one big long letter. And later, those chapter and verse divisions were added in there so that you and I can say, go to chapter 5 and verse number 1, and we can quickly get there instead of saying, go to paragraph number 32 and count to word number five, and we're going to start on that one, okay? Uh, we don't have to do that, so it is helpful, and I like the verse and chapter additions, but remember, they were not part of the original, and, uh, and so uh, this was a fluid thought. He just was continuing, and he says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. 
Let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. God, thank you for the many blessings. God, as we even look at this tonight, what a, what a blessing, what an encouragement, Father, to know that, uh, that our salvation, that you on the cross of Calvary provided all of these things for us. And God, may we be blessed, may we be encouraged, may we be uh, edified, Father, even in looking at this list of things that you've done for us. And God, may we even be grateful and thankful for all of salvation that you have gifted to us. What a tremendous gift, Father. God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray that you would speak through me. And God, will thank you for that. We'll give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this tonight, I, I want us to understand this, that as we look at Romans chapter 5, and we look at justification, I, I believe largely we're, uh, of course, I'm thinking we're, I'm preaching to all saved people tonight. And, uh, and the blessing at looking at this is, listen, when, when you got saved, you, I, can, I can assure you, I did not fully understand all the benefits of salvation. And most people don't. As a matter of fact, it's not a requirement to uh, understand all the benefits and all the blessings of being saved before you can get saved. Uh, to get saved, all you got to do is recognize, hey, that I'm a sinner and that I need my life changed and ask God uh, to save you and recognize that Jesus Christ pay, paid for your price on Calvary. But, but in doing that, hey, there's a lot of blessings that we got. There are a lot of uh, things that were done for us that we can look at and that I want us to be blessed by tonight. I want you to notice here in, uh, in, in verse number one that we have peace with God. What a blessing to know that we have peace with God. I, I pause there because uh, in the very first verse, because we have the claiming of that peace. How do we get that faith uh, or how do we get that peace? Rather, look with me in verse number one. He says, therefore, being justified by faith. If it hasn't been stated enough or emphatically enough, uh, it is once again clarified that salvation or justification is simply by faith. Turn back with me to Romans chapter 3. I want you to see this. I went through and I underlined these in my Bible because I thought it just kind of jumps off the page how much the Apostle Paul has already covered this. Romans 3 and verse number 22. He says, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Jump down to verse number 25. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood. Jump to verse number 28. He said, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith. Look at chapter 4 in verse number 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Look at verse number 11. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith. Look at verse number 16. He goes, therefore, it is of faith. And then we go all the way to chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith. If you are not sure tonight about how you got saved, I can assure you this, it was by faith. It wasn't by our works. 
I mean, the Bible is emphatically clear about that. There is no amount of good works that you can do to attain your salvation. And that's what Paul wants to nail down. And he has sufficiently nailed it down by all the evidences that he proved. Uh, and he goes on in, in Ephesians 2 and 8 and uh, verses 8 and 9. Uh, of course, we know, many of them, we, we know this. Uh, he said, for by grace are ye saved through faith, not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And he has stated that and stated that and stated that. And we have covered it. And, and let me just say this, that uh, if you think that works can save you, you have to take up issue with the word of God. Because it's pretty clear throughout the Bible it is not, uh, I mean, I, I can't present any further, uh, any further evidence than what has been given in these three chapters, and we have stated it time in and time out, and I don't know how many times it's been one of my points of my message that we are saved by faith. And, uh, and so what a blessing to know, hey, that our good works really cannot save us. And, uh, and, and we, don't, we don't do good works to attain salvation. We do good works because God has saved us. And praise the Lord that we can do good works and that He has changed us. Uh, and so the claiming of peace, again, is by faith. Uh, and he says that emphatically. Therefore, being justified by faith. Then he says, we have peace with God. And we see the character of peace. We have peace with God. I was preaching this morning in uh, Sunday school. I was giving the Sunday school lesson on the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of joy. And it, it truly is a great joy uh, to have peace with God. I gave this story, and, and if you were in Sunday school, just bear with me. You'll, uh, you'll have to live through the story one more time. My dad used to say this. He would say, uh, he'd say, don't stop me if I've already told you this joke. I just like to tell the joke. And, uh, and so he'd tell you the joke two, two or three times anyways. But, uh, um, but I remember when I was a, a missionary and I, I had, we had to fill out our quarterly reports on a regular basis. And, uh, and on occasion, I, I got behind on some of my paperwork. And, uh, and man, when I got behind on my paperwork, uh, usually it was when we were in the States and we were busy traveling and I, I didn't have an office per se. I had a mobile office. It was a laptop and any quiet space that I could sit down at and, and figure some things out. And, and with six kids, there wasn't much quiet space either. Uh, so, so I didn't have a lot of that uh, area to work, but I had gotten behind on my quarterly reports and we were supposed to go to uh, a meeting with our mission board. And as we went down there, um, there, our, I knew our financial secretary would be there. And I'm like, oh, great. I don't have my financial paperwork done. I know it. She knows it. And uh, man, I do not want to talk to her. I was thinking, man, uh, and so, you know, we go in and it's a meeting and, and if she was on that side of the room, buddy, I was on this side of the room. And, and if she came around this side, I circled around that side. I just kind of stayed away from her because I didn't want to, uh, I knew I didn't have my paperwork done. And I knew I was supposed to have my paperwork done. It was past due and, and it was supposed to be all turned in and, and I didn't have it done. So I just kind of avoided her. Why did I do that? Because I knew there was something there. Hey, listen. When, when you have a clean slate with God and you have peace with God, what a blessing that that is given to us on the day of salvation. That's what he's saying here in this verse. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. 
What a blessing to know. Hey, many people, you know why they avoid church? You know why they avoid the Bible? You know why they avoid Christians? You know why they avoid those things? Because they know they are not right with God. And they don't want to, if they're in the same room with them, just like I was doing to our financial secretary, they're going to be on the opposite end. They're going to be as far away from God as they can get because they know their life is not right. But hey, for a saved person, for somebody who's born again, hey, praise the Lord, when God gave us salvation, we have peace with God. One of the things that stood out, I was reading and preaching many years ago, and, uh, and I was at the end of the book of Revelation, and uh, I was preaching on the, the, the great white throne, and, and the Bible says that, uh, uh, that, that, that they would be brought up and before His face, the Bible says, and, and it said they fled. And I thought, and, and I was studying on that, and, and I thought, well, you know what? A Christian is not going to flee from the face of God. Why? Because the Bible says we have peace with God. Hey, I mean, that's one of the reasons I, the song we were singing uh, that, that tell it to Jesus. And when we get to that last line, it said something of the fact that, hey, that's why we don't fear death, because we're looking forward to going to heaven. And, and we don't have to worry about that dreaded day when death will come, because we'll be face to face with our Lord. We sing that song. There's a yet another song face to face with my Savior. I will be. Hey, that's a blessing to us. We don't fear that day because why? Because we have peace with God. What a blessing to know that we have peace with God. The Bible says in Colossians 1.21, And you that were sometime alienated an enemy in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Praise the Lord, he has fixed the issue that was there. What does that word alienated mean? It means estranged, withdrawn from, a stranger. We lived in Peru for many years, and when we went there, um, we are considered uh, aliens. We're, we're not aliens from outer space, all right? We're not from outer space, but we're different. We're not, we were not from Peru. And people, uh, we, we lived different, we looked different, we talked different. And, uh, and I didn't look Peruvian, I didn't talk Peruvian, uh, and everything about my life was totally different. We didn't eat like the Peruvians, we didn't think like the Peruvians, we certainly didn't drive like the Peruvians, and we didn't walk like the Peruvians, and we didn't live like the Peruvians. We were complete strangers. And when they looked at us, they said, hmm, this guy's not from here. It was pretty easy to tell. Uh, we were we were different. Uh, we we did we stood out. Um, and, and listen, there was no reconciling me as a as a Peruvian. Matter of fact, uh, my skin just wasn't dark enough. But I tell you what, I I, I was able to learn the language, and I won't say I talk like a Peruvian, uh, but but I did learn the language, and and I could listen to them, and and sometimes my kids my kids picked it up faster being there, and and <clears throat> they'd be on the playground and playing and stuff or whatever, and. And uh, the, the little Peruvian children would be talking. And, uh, and sometimes my kids, they would just kind of listen. And, uh, and, and they would be talking about them. And they didn't know that they spoke Spanish. I mean, you look at them, they don't look like they speak Spanish at all. And, uh, and all of a sudden, my kids would speak back to them in Spanish. And boy, the shock and amazement that was on the face of some of those kids. Like, they know Spanish. They just heard everything that we would say. And, uh, and so uh, they, they, they came to a place where, hey, they could fit in. And while I would never look Peruvian, 
we did learn to adapt and we did learn to adjust and we did learn uh, to get along in the, in the Peruvian culture and the Peruvian uh, way of doing things. And, and listen, that's kind of like with God. We're alienated from Him before our salvation. We don't fit at all with God. All of our mindset is contrary to God. All of our actions are contrary to God. All of our language is contrary to God. And it's against God. But once we get saved, listen, the Bible says, Behold, all things are become new. Praise the Lord. He changes us from the inside out. And things start to change and become different. And we become reconciled with God through, where's the condition? We can see the peace with God. We can see the claiming of that peace is by faith. We can see the character of that peace is with God. And we can see the condition of that peace. Look at the last phrase, is through our Lord Jesus Christ. The sacrifice that Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. Hey, He understood what He was giving us. He understood the whole package. He understood all of the details. He wrote all of the contracts. He knew exactly what was going in it. And when we received it, we might not have understood all of it that was written down. But I tell you what, we got a good deal when we got saved. And we got a huge blessing uh, to be saved because we were reconciled through Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Those who say that you can leave, lose your salvation, I wonder uh, how they reconcile that eternal redemption that He gave to us. Because that's without end. And... Uh, And so the Lord Jesus Christ, He saved us by His blood. It is through Jesus Christ. And praise the Lord, tonight, you and I, we have peace with God. What a blessing to know that we have peace with God. What an encouragement to know that uh, that we are saved and we are born again. Not only that, but look at verse number 2. So we have, in verse number 1, you can see we have peace. That's the first point, peace with God. Verse number 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The second thing we have is not only do we have peace with God, but the second thing we have in verse number 2 is we have access. So I put down the privilege of access. Listen, before we were saved... It was not possible. We were alienated from God. We were strangers from God. We were at war with God. The Bible says in in Isaiah 59.1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is His ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear you. The world is separated from God. They're they're enemies of God. And they don't like God consequently because they know that they don't have peace with Him. They know that things aren't right between them. And uh, and so they are are, uh, against God. And they're aware of that. And uh, they don't like the things of God. They know that their sin has separated them from God. Sometimes people will say, uh, well, aren't we all children of God? My, oh, no, no, we're not all children of God. The Bible's clear about that. The Bible says in John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. 
Those who have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, those are the sons of God. But not all people are the sons of God. Before we, you were saved, before we are saved, and the world currently that is not saved is at a state of enmity against God. They are not for God, and God is not for them. Not that God doesn't want to be. He's extended to them salvation. Uh, but they don't have any access to the throne of God. Listen, I, I mentioned it this morning in Sunday school uh, that I am grateful that in hard times and in difficult times, we can go to God. Um, the Bible says in Jeremiah 33, 3, uh, it says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. As a child of God, that's a blessing to know that, hey, we can call God at any time. It blew my mind in being in Peru and learning Spanish. And I thought, they, they had asked me, the first thing I did before I ever preached in, in Spanish, they said, I want you to pray in Spanish. Maybe they had me give me a testimony. I don't know. I think they had me pray mostly. And, uh, and he, said, he said, I want you to write out your prayer. And that was the worst thing I ever thought. I thought, man, I felt so Catholic uh, writing out my prayer. But he said, I want you to write out your prayer. I want to make sure your grammar is right. And, uh, and so I write out my prayer, and then I would read my little bit. It's hard to give a heartfelt prayer off a piece of paper that you're reading in a foreign language that you don't really understand everything in. So I read my little prayer. And, uh, and as, as I started to learn the language, I, I no longer had to write it out, and I could pray uh, just from my heart more so and not, not writing it all out. But, but it dawned on me at one point, I thought, it doesn't matter if I pray in English. It doesn't matter if I pray in Spanish. It doesn't matter if I pray in Italian. God hears every language, and he's there for every one of his children. Even they say that uh, Russian and Chinese and Japanese, Japanese is one of the most difficult languages, and some of those languages are very tough. But you know what? There's believers that are saved in those countries that are there, and they can go to God at any moment and pray in their own native tongue, and God hears every word. Hey, what a blessing. We have privilege of the access. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I love this passage. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 14. Hebrews 4, 14. In Hebrews 4, 14, he's kind of expressing the idea that we do have a privilege of access to the throne of God and he says this in, in Hebrews 4 and verse number 14. He, said, he says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was, light, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, he says, let us therefore. And again, we want to see what that's there for. It's because we have a high priest that's already passed into heaven. We have a high priest who understands our temptation because the Bible tells us he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. And he goes on in verse 16 and he says, Let us therefore, because we have a high priest, 
come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I'm grateful that any time, in any language, in any circumstance, hey, you can call on God and He's there to help you. You can have access to the throne room of God. Do you, have, you understand how great of a privilege that is? What a, what a blessing to us that are saved that we have access uh, to, to, to God Himself. Uh, you understand that, uh, that this maybe is a bad illustration, but do you understand tonight that if you wanted to get access to the White House to talk to the President, I have some words that I would like to give to the President. You understand how difficult it is to get in? You don't just walk up and knock on the door, that's for sure. And I don't know, I've never done it, but I would imagine you have to go through his people and his people's people in order to even get an appointment, in order to even get a time. And even then, he might say, that ain't something I want to talk about. I ain't mean with that person. It's it's not that easy to get in. But let me tell you something. With the God of the universe, the creator of everything that is, let me tell you something. That's far more powerful than the President of the United States. Hey, that's a whole lot more important. That's a higher position. And and we, you and I as Christians, man, we have the privilege to be able to walk right in to the very throne room of God and say, God, and I'm humbled and I'm amazed that he would pause. You say, what do you need? I have this problem with this thing. You say, I'll help you with it. And, and I'm just amazed that the God of the universe cares about each one of us. And my mind is blown. How can, how can he listen to all of his children and stop and take prayers from every one of them? But he does. That's God. And he can. You think about tonight, right now in the East Coast, at, at 6 o'clock when we started our service, you think about how many churches, uh, saved people that are, that are saved, that are meeting in church tonight that pray and have a service. And they have prayer before their service. Maybe they have a prayer meeting during their service. And you think, God is able to stop and hear every one of those. What an amazing God that you and I serve. And He gives us privilege. He treats us like His child, not like, a, uh, like somebody that's from the streets that's not important, but He takes our case. And the Bible says in verse 14 and 15, He understands our feelings. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, was tempted in all points like, our, like as we. Uh, and so we think, well, uh, God really can't understand us. Oh, yes, He can. Because Jesus Christ lived on this earth and he faced the temptations. Well, Pastor, he didn't have the same, uh, he didn't have TV in his day. You don't think there wasn't wickedness just on the streets in his day? He faced all the same temptations. Sin hasn't changed that much. Sin is the same sin uh, since way back in the Garden of Eden as it is now. They've just created faster ways uh, to access it and, and to commit sin. But it's the same sin. It's the same temptation. And the Bible says that he was tempted in all points, but he was without sin. He overcame sin. And therefore, he is our sacrifice and our high priest. And he understands the temptation that we have. And he's going to help us. We have the privilege 
of access. Back in Romans chapter 5, not only do we have the peace with God and we have the privilege of access, but look with me in in verse number 2. We see that. He says, we have access. In verse 1, he says, we have peace. Look with me in verse number 2. He says, uh, by whom also we have access by faith. Again, he's mentioned the faith. Into this grace. And he goes on and he says, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we have peace in verse number one. We have access in verse number two. And then we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory in verse number two as well. And we have pleasure in the hope that has been given us as Christians. Uh, listen, it's been long, uh, it's been long time ago that it's been said uh, that, that, listen, Baptists always believe in, in the book. That would be the Bible. Uh, the blood, that would be the blood of Jesus Christ, and the blessed hope. That is the things that we have to look forward to. And that's what he's saying here in this verse, that we have, uh, we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And we have pleasure in hope. Man, what a blessing to know that we have an outlook that is always good, that we can look forward to God. Turn with me to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. In Acts chapter 27, we find a very gloomy situation and uh, we find a very difficult situation on a, uh, on a ship that Paul was on and, and, uh, and they were uh, in, a, in a desperate situation in all reality. But we find uh, that, that according to the Romans that there is glory and hope for the child of God. Look what it says in Acts chapter number 27 and verse number 14. He says, but not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euroclidon. I hope I got that right. Then the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind. We let her drive and running under a certain island, uh, a certain island, which is called Clauda. We had much work to come by the boat. And when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strike sail and were so and so were driven. And I need a sailor that someday after uh, you get time to explain all that to me, because there's a whole lot of sailing terms that I don't get there. Uh, but but moving on in verse number 18, I do understand they're in a desperate situation. And he says this, and we being exceeding tossed with a tempest, the next day they lighted the ship. The third day we cast out our own ha- with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Wow, what a what a what an incredible story. Could you imagine uh, being on that ship and, and, and they had uh, run aground and they were not able to break loose and they were afraid that the ship was just going to be beaten up. And, and so, man, they started lighting the ship. They started throwing things out and pretty soon they, sh- they threw out all the things of the ship that they actually needed. And, and the Bible says there in verse, I think it's 19, and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. No, verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. You see what a desperate situation they were in? 
I mean, uh, they were looking around. They couldn't see the sun. I mean, when there was a cloud storm over top of them, it was pounded down a rain every day. I'm sure they had not eaten for all that time that they were there. And, uh, and they, were, they were absolutely without hope. And all hope that they should be saved was taken away. Listen, for the child of God, we should never lose hope because... Hey, if you die here on this earth, if we would have been in that shipwreck, if we would have been on that ship, oh, we might have died. But you know what? Hey, we'd wake up in heaven. and We'd know where we're going to spend eternity. And we would, uh, our hope would not be taken away. Maybe our earthly hope of saying, well, uh, I guess I'm not going to make it out of this, but you know what? I'm going to a better place. And, uh, and there's something exciting about having hope in, in, in God and understanding that, hey, uh, our life here on this earth is just temporal. And when it's all over, hey, praise the Lord, we're going to heaven. And there's glory in that hope. And we see that uh, in, in Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 2. Uh, he says, uh, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but in verse number three, look at what he says. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that the tribulation worketh patience. I talked about this this morning in Sunday school as one of the fruit of the Spirit is that, uh, uh, that we can glory in tribulation. You say glory in tribulation. That's what the Bible says right there. And not only uh, so, but we glory in tribulations. Listen, no one ever said that the Christian life would be easy or free of problems. There will be problems. Sometimes we think, uh, well, I'm going to get saved and everything will be smooth sailing and there won't be any problems. I don't know where that comes from, but it certainly doesn't come from the Word of God. Uh, there's plenty of examples of people who had a difficult time in their life. And we can find glory in tribulations. The Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse number 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. What a blessing to know that, hey, if we have tribulations and we have troubles, that... Uh, the Lord is, is teaching us patience in this world. Listen, you want troubles and tribulations, go to a foreign culture and try and learn their culture and learn their language. And you'll run into troubles and tribulations. But you know what? God will help you and He will give you the patience. He will teach you the patience. That's what it says there in verse 3. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation worketh Patience. Don't pray for patience. All right. If you pray for patience, that's like praying for tribulations. I say, Lord, give me patience and give pa give me patience right now. It's not, he, he might send some trials along your way that he's going to test you and try you and say, you want patience? I'll give you patience here. You need to learn how to be patient in this and be patient in that. The Bible goes on in that same chapter of James, in James 1.12, and it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. I, I said this a, probably a couple weeks ago, I don't remember when, and I, I mentioned, I don't remember when I mentioned it. But I'll say it again. When you're doing something for the Lord, Listen, you can expect trials and tribulations. 
When, when, uh, when you want to go forward for the Lord and when you want to uh, live for the Lord, you can expect difficulty. Why? Because the devil does not want to see you go forward. The devil does not want to see people saved. The devil does not want to see uh, the people praying and people drawing closer to God. The devil does not want those things. So I can assure you that, uh, that listen, whenever you try and do something for the Lord, there will be opposition. There will be problems. I can't tell you how many times uh, that uh, we, would, we would witness to somebody, we would encourage somebody to come to church, and, and, uh, and they, they'd say, well, I'm, I'm coming tomorrow. And then you'd find them Monday or Tuesday or, or the next Saturday or whatever and, and say, hey, what, what happened last week? Man, you would not believe. My kid at, at 2 o'clock in the morning got up and, and was sick all night long. And, and, uh, and when Sunday morning, and that was Saturday night, and when Sunday morning rolled around, I just, I did not even get out of bed. Why? There's always opposition. Because... The, the Lord doesn't or the devil doesn't want to see Christians go forward. The devil doesn't want to see people get saved. But we can glory in tribulation because we know, hey, that it's going to work patience and that God is working. Look with me at verse four. We're talking about pleasure and the hope, glory and the hope, glory and tribulations, glory and growth. Look at verse number four. I love this verse and patience, experience and experience hope. Listen, you should read your Bible. I encourage people to read your Bible. It is good to go back and read and, and, and read the Old Testament stories. The Bible says they are written for our learning. There's great many lessons that can be drawn from the Old Testament. And I love reading the stories of the Old Testament. But listen, at some point in your life, you need to experience God yourself. I'm not talking about some crazy thing of, of experience and emotionalism. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But you have to go to a point in your life where you say, you know what, I prayed for this thing and God answered my prayer. I was praying about this situation and I didn't know what to do and God answered this prayer. And many times it starts out as a small experience, but when you, when you, when you cross that bridge and when you start doing that and you're saying, God, help me with this and God, I'm, I'm in need of this and, and you have a, a relationship with God and you're asking God, you're saying, God, help me with these things. And after you've done that a few times and you look back and you say, you know what? I know God did it in this point. I know God did it in this point, and I know God did it in this point, and I know God did it in Moses' life, and Elijah's life, and all David's life, and all the Old Testament saints, but I'm glad to know that, hey, in 2021, God is still working in our lives. It's that experience that you feel, it's that experience that you realize, hey, that God is real in your life, and that He's able to do things for you in 2021. God's not a dead God. He still works and he still moves and we ought to draw close to him and we ought to depend upon him. And sometimes, listen, the only way you're going to learn and sometimes the only way you're going to draw close to God is through tribulations and through some of those trials that puts you to a place in your life where you say, I don't have the answers, but I know who does. And I'm going to ask God to help me and I'm going to ask God to strengthen me. 
I'm going to ask God to work in, in this situation. And I'm telling you, uh, I can tell you of time and time and time again in my life personally that God has worked. And listen, I don't want you just to hear it from my life. I want you in your life to experience it. That's what he's saying in this verse. And patience, experience, and experience, hope. When you've realized that God works in your life, you know what it does? It gives you hope. And you can glory in that hope, saying, you know what? I know there's a God in heaven. And they may be little things. It's okay. Start small. They may be little things. But you know what? As they go on, you see God working and you know, hey, there's a God in heaven that cares about you. There's a God in heaven that's watching out for you. There's a God in heaven that has given us privilege to access Him by His throne. There's a God in heaven that we have peace with Him through the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and what a pleasure that gives to us in, in, in hope and in growth as we experience the Lord in our own life. Look at with me in verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed... Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. In other words, that pleasure and hope is just that assurance. It maketh not a shame that God will never fail you. When you've watched God work in your life. One of the things I, uh, I've mentioned it before and, um, is when I went to Bible college. And I remember, man, I remember going to Bible college and um, getting there and, and uh, getting all enrolled and getting set up. And, and then all of a sudden, the first bill arrived. Actually, uh, it wasn't really even there because my dad made me pay my own car insurance in high school. And, uh, and so even in high school, I, I got a bill with my name on it. But uh, when I got to college and I wasn't living at home, I actually had my own mailbox. And, and I was excited, I had a mailbox. And I go to the mailbox, I open it up, and man, I got a piece of mail. And man, you're excited. You open that thing up, and it says, you owe $150. Well, praise the Lord. I don't like my mailbox anymore. I don't like to get mail anymore. Because it said, you owe money. But you know what? It's those experiences that may be little that, that taught me, you know what? It's not my mom and dad's faith. It's my faith. Hey, this became real to me because... The bills weren't arriving in their name. They were now arriving in my name. They, 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 were, uh, they, they did their own thing, and I was living my life, and I was learning to say, God, um, I got bills, and I need your help to take care of them. And you know what? God will never fail you, and God will never let you down. We fail Him, but He'll never fail us. You need to trust Him and allow Him to work that's what this passage is talking about. Go back with me in verse number three. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulations worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. What a blessing that we can have pleasure and hope and knowing that our God lives. We can have privilege of access to His throne. We can have peace with God. These are all a result of justification. 
hey, that gives us that hope. It gives us the peace with God. It gives us the privilege of access to his throne. What a bl- this is what you got when you got saved. Man, aren't you glad you're saved tonight? Amen? I mean, I'm glad I'm not lost. I'm glad I know the Lord as my personal Savior. And I have, I have all of this in just five verses that he's given to us. And, and how much greater and how much more that God has been so good to us and blessed us with so great a salvation. What a wonderful God we serve. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. I hope that all of that is a blessing to you tonight. I hope it's an encouragement to know. And when you got saved, you got the best deal on the planet. You got the best deal on the universe. That God gave you all of this stuff. What a blessing to be a child of God. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the consequences of justification, the blessings, really, of the justification that we received at salvation. Oh, God, I know we did not certainly understand all of that when we received it, but, God, I'm grateful. It's all written in the book. It's all written down so that we can go back and we can learn about it, we can understand it, we can be blessed by truly how great a salvation you've provided for us. God, I pray that each and every heart would be blessed. I pray that they'd be encouraged. I pray that they'd be strengthened. And God, most importantly, I pray that we'd have a desire to see other people receive the greatest gift in the entire world of salvation. Help us to be burdened for others. Help us to be so blessed that we'd share that blessing with other people. And that they too can know you as their own personal Savior. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, maybe you just want to thank the Lord for your salvation. Maybe you want to thank Him for the full package that He gave you. Say, thank you, Lord, for the peace. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege. Thank you, Lord, for the, uh, the hope that we have of being saved. What a blessing. God's so good to us.